All right. Hello, good evening, and good afternoon. And I guess, cheers. <laughs> I was 12 o'clock hey. all the way over with our guest. <laughs> uh, you're listening to the Socially Intoxicated Awareness Podcast. And uh, I think also known as the, the Toxic Pod. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, without further ado, um, we're quite happy to uh, uh, bring our listeners uh, reoccurring guests for the second time now. Yeah, and how about we let you reintroduce yourself? This is Tyler from Cigar Club. How's everybody doing? Nice to talk to you again. <laughs> and you? Well, it's it's been a it's been a while, huh? I think it's been exactly like six months or something along that line. Oh, has it been six months? Yeah, Man, I think it was March last time we talked. If I'm not mistaken. I I think it was yeah, earlier, wasn't it? It was episode nine, I think. Corona has got my time schedule screwed. Yeah. Anyway, um, in the last last time we were on here, we were talking about um, that you can't wait to get out and play shows again, and how you're preparing to drop yeah. your album. Uh, so it's nice to be able to get back in touch, like I just said off air, uh, in terms of seeing where you are now, and that progress mm-hmm. when the album has come out, and uh, you're back on the bus and touring. So I'm happy to get your time and your insights on on what's been happening since then. Well, yeah, thanks for having me here and, you know, being able to talk with you guys. It's always a good time. It's honest, honestly, hearing you talk now, it, it kind of brings me back a few months, you know, because I remember getting on and I, I realized it was quite late for us in the day. And then it was relatively early and we were just getting, you know, in the drinking mood. And then you guys come yeah, yeah. and are honestly more fucked than we were at that point. <laughs> it's just kind of bringing back, sit, seeing you <laughs> yeah, sit we here in a, in we a were ready shop, to yeah. go. We were ready to go at, at 12 noon. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. It was the perfect yeah. mindset. Yeah, yeah. We have been getting into that mind zone in the last hour. So we're properly sober for this episode. Well, we are. There is something. I'm, I know we just talked about how we're going to talk mostly about the band and, and touring and all that sort of stuff. But uh, we're drinking something fun. It's called uh, Delirium. I don't know if you've delirium. ever heard of that all the way over oh, because it's Belgian. So it's from a French speaking part. Uh, if you ever is that find a beer? yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. Delirium. I'm going to write that. Delirium. It's, it's a Belgian specialty. Just remember the pink elephant. It's a, it's a lot of fun. And it's uh, in Belgium, they're known for making beers that turn out quite strongly. Nice. Uh, this one has 9% that. alcoholic content, but it just tastes like, it just flows very nicely. Okay. We have one here, it's called Bone Shaker, but it's like 8%. <laughs> <laughs> I would drink it just for <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I bought it the first time. I was like, oh, this is sweet. It's like a skeleton riding a bike. Oh, that's pretty sick. Cool. Yeah, Sounds pretty cool. Uh, we have um, in our hometown, there's a beer festival once a year, or used to be. And they had a beer there. I think it was called Snake Venom or Pit Venom or something like that. And we all bought it just for that. It was disgusting, <laughs> but it was incredibly strong. There's a, I think the strongest beer in the world has over 20% alcohol content. I think the strongest wow. beer in the world was like up there in the 80s. In the 80s? Yeah. How can that still be beer? Well, it's, it's more not like a, a beer. Anymore. Yeah, it's a conceptual kind of beer, I guess. <laughs> An indie beer. And beers and beer. <laughs> oh man well yeah. so um tell us a bit about the the, the process since uh, we last talked which was right when you released uh the two lead singles for this uh this album that you released uh tell us what happened since then kind of in terms of getting the album towards release and and what drove the timing 
Yeah, so uh, I believe when we talked, um, so we released Aliens and Swimming in Gold. Um, so it's like our first two singles that we released, and then after that we released um, from a Southeast Asian two-bedroom condo, which was our song, and we released Cold as well. That was a more commercially friendly, and then the album dropped. And uh, yeah, like in in terms of you know time frame and what we were doing uh, during that, we were kind of kind of figure out how we were going to release it, like in the midst of a pandemic, which was kind of hard to organize. Um, but we ended up finding some people to work with that really helped us uh, kind of get our stuff together and in a line. And um, yeah, the album came out. I think a, a month and a bit ago, and it's been going pretty good. You know, we've been getting a lot of people from us that it's been awesome, and they've been listening to it front and back, and a lot of people asking for records, which we are in the process of getting done. Um, but yeah, it was just, you know, it was kind of really hard to see how the release was going to end up um, during the pandemic, but I think, you know, we, we played our cards pretty right and, and it came out okay. And uh, Absolutely. yeah. I think it perfectly supports when shows started again too. I mean, that was probably the, one of the main reasons you delayed it a little bit was the time of the Yeah, we were, try, we were trying to line up some shows. Like we were trying to get a tour going after um, we released it. Like ideally we would want to do a tour right after we released it, right? But our plans are now 2022 just that everything's kind of working out with Canada and restrictions and, and North America. Um, so we had to wait on that tour, but it, it's good to release it next so that we can kind of see, you know, where the fan bases are in Canada. So then we can choose where we're going to go play um, early next year. And, and how did you look at that? What was the... The process there how did you find out where the fan bases are oh uh well you can go through like spotify Apple music amazon music like all those um platforms they have uh an additional app that you can use called um, spotify for artists or apple music for artists and you have all your statistics there so you have you have countries where people are listening you have in town You're currently experiencing. And you can kind of see the growth over. Um... Oh, we had we had him there for a second. Yeah, yeah. We will uh, lifespan uh, of your career to up to the week. Can you repeat that because you were gone for a yeah, second? Yeah, just the last two sentences. Oh. Here we go. No. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Go for it. Yeah, so Spotify and Apple Music, they have apps for artists called Spotify for Artists or Apple Music for Artists, where you can see where your listeners are. So you can see country, you can see the city, and you can see how many people are listening and where your streams are, are basically located. Um, it's a good way to gauge uh, where you should play shows and where you could sell tickets. Uh, and actually, it was cool because after we talked to you guys, there was a spike in Germany and, and around Europe yeah. uh, a little bit. So <laughs> it's cool which is, to see. Which is funny because for us, after we, we talked to you guys, there was a spike in Canada. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Germany's always waiting on good music from Canada. A lot of Canadian bands have huge fan bases uh, in Germany for some reason. It's weird. Mm -hmm. But that's like you were saying before with like Billy Talent and the Dirty Mill and those guys, right? Yeah. Yep. Big yep. fan bases. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the fan bases in Germany are even bigger than in the US, um, which is weird. I don't know. Americans don't really like Canadian rock. Maybe it's too yeah, Christian. It's, I, yeah. <laughs> um, but you mentioned earlier, you mentioned uh, two songs that you released after talking to us, um, um, which was one of them was uh, from Southeast, uh, from a Southeast, from a Southeast Asian two bedroom condo. Jesus, listen, yeah, this, is, this is where, yeah. well, this is where the, you know, the kind of mother language kind of thing comes in. Um, specifically but on the album that's the uh, that's the song after conversation which is kind of like a natural break right um yes and i just wanted to because i think the other song you mentioned was um was it vessel or am i remembering that wrong cold oh my bad oh okay. but vessel is another like sound soundscape oh kind of yeah sorry no i i realized what i realized where i went wrong yeah uh, because we talked about aliens and um mm -hmm. both of those songs are songs that kind of appear after well the natural beginning where it's you know a bit yeah soundscape you mentioned it um and then we yeah. have conversation which is a pause and i just wanted to ask whether uh you wanted to release songs that either start off the album or start off after the pause first um was that kind of like a natural stepping point for um, you to go we pre-release those it was it wasn't really chosen in in that respect um so we had an intro for aliens which turned into Vessel and uh, we didn't have an intro to from a Southeast Asian two bedroom condo but in the studio in the studio sorry you guys are lagging yeah yeah ditto <laughs> okay all good all good yeah yeah okay so yeah you were so, in the studio yeah we were in the studio we we came up with that intro and uh, in terms of selecting the singles for the album we kind of just chose the ones that we thought would um, encompass the album the most. So we had like a heavy one. We had like something that was more commercial. We had a softer song, right? So we kind of wanted to address like all avenues on that. Um, but yeah, but the intros and stuff like, you know, we didn't. We'll give it a second. <laughs> also to. Oh, to also release. A song that had an intro like from a southeast asian two bedroom condo you can kind of hear it in the beginning of the song like the intro because the intro kind of fades into it and then it starts playing so we kind of wanted to have that um, mysteriousness behind it as well like people kind of thinking like what is the sound it kind of sounds out of place right well what i think those those um like instrumentals really highlight and it's famous in other really good albums like past albums such as any black sabbath album really they put in really cool instrumentals it like reawakens you and draws your attention back into the album because if you're mm -hmm. like we were we were actually in prague the weekend it came out so on the trip back we were over and we started listening to it we we're like right. and then we kind of you know when you get a few songs deep into an album you kind of start making it subconscious 
and then the conversation track yeah. kicked and we were like completely alert again yeah. and listened to the rest of the album so it's perfect for those kind of things to keep the listeners like completely aware yeah it really kicked us from passive listening back into active listening it also allowed us to hear scott's car's engine die at that point <laughs> um but i think you're either frozen or really still but the good thing is this is being recorded on our side so we okay. can, <laughs> can hear our conversation yeah. plus oh sorry a little oh. bit um no stress um i don't know if you heard i don't know what of that you heard we were just talking about where we listened to the album so so when the uh conversation track hit in and we had already gone into a little bit of a subconscious listening mode it like re-alerted us and took us back presently into actively listening to the music. And that's like a really good way to keep up your your audience and really keep them entertained and, and draw them mm -hmm. close in. So, yeah. yeah. And because we were driving in a car at the time, conversation came on at the point where Scott's engine died. So it fit. <laughs> your engine died on the trip? Yeah. And oh, during the man. weekend, we were parked there and an animal crawled into my hood and chewed through some cables. So we were driving what? on only three cylinders for the 900 kilometers. Oh. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, yeah, we, we all drive stick here. I don't know. I know in the States, most people drive automatic. I don't know how it is. Yeah, America. they're mostly automatic cars. Okay. So like, well, anyway, we had to shift up into like keep in fourth gear to like 100 kilometers per hour or about 60 miles an hour. Um, and that turned into quite a struggle after a while. Probably. But it worked, and we had good company on the trip, uh, both amongst ourselves and with the album, which was, I think, either the day or the day after yeah, we yeah. dropped. So again, congrats with the album, and uh, it was really enjoyed it. Well, thanks, it thanks for listening. And it seems and, to really uh, hit. Well, that's that's good. And uh, in terms of what you were saying too, like the transitional songs and having those breaks in between the songs, you know. It, it keeps you more engaged. That's kind of what we were going for. And, um, you know, our style has always been kind of soundscapey, especially Dan, his guitar playing is very soundscapey. Um, and for this album, like we were really influenced by Dark Side of the Moon, wanted it to be something like that. Like that was a big influence for when we went into the studio. So Vessel and Conversation were both like full percussion pieces where I was just experimenting with different instruments. Like we had these Tibetan bowls that made the frequency like on conversation. Like that was just bowls. Like we just had these singing bowls oh, okay. like lay on top of each other. And for Bessel, it was the bowls, but we also had these like little small symbols. And I was like tapping the bowls and we basically just like modulated the sounds the loop over and over again and uh took samples took samples yep <laughs> took samples oh yeah i can i can hear you guys um no, so but... you were talking about the little symbols and how you were hitting them oh. and you used it on vessel as well yeah like we had the little symbols and uh we also recorded well i recorded samples from a bathroom fan that my buddy had 
and like when you turn on the fan, it went <laughs> like right at the beginning. So I recorded that, and then also um, my girlfriend had this like portable key that you would turn on, and for some reason, after like 20 seconds of it being on, it would click, and it would be this like really high frequency sound that would turn on. So I captured it, and that's like what's in vessel, like that really high frequency sound that kind of hurts when you listen to it. Okay. So we we mixed it all together. So all those soundscapey songs were like real instruments that we recorded and we kind of just looped together to kind of get you in state of mind. And especially with conversation, it was like a transition from heavy and fast songs into a slower um, yeah. vibe, right? Because we're like, how are we gonna tr- how are we gonna transition from these four songs into this? Because it's such a huge contrast. Uh, but I think it, it ended up working because it, it's such it's this period of time where you're really just, you know, you're subconsciously now listening to the songs and it just kind of makes sense. Yeah, I I have a follow up real quick to uh, the mouthful songs I like to refer uh, from the Southeast yeah. Asian two bedroom condo. Um, what made you call it that? Like, I have a couple um, questions about just names and uh, general, like also the album title. Yeah. We can get to that later. So yeah. was this just to make people trip over it or <laughs> what's the... Uh... Uh, I mean, partially, yeah. So originally that song for the longest time was referred to as New Song One. That's what it was. It was New Song One because it was the first new song we wrote after we wrote the EP. And ah. we never gave it a name. It was always New Song One. When we played live shows, we said, this is New Song One. Like, that was the name. And so when it came to actually the thing, the track list, right? We're like, hey, what are these songs going to be called? We kind of sat on that and we were going to call it New Song One for a second. But then uh, Trevor, who wrote that song, he wrote that song while he was in Thailand and uh, ah. in a two-bedroom condo <laughs> so he was like why don't we just call it he i think he said it joking like um we should call it from a southeast asian two-bedroom condo and then he kind of took it back instantly and i said you know what that's actually like that's a good name like i like that name and you know we shouldn't really worry about the names being too long or give them more meaning they should have like i think that's that's a great name and uh he's like yeah sure okay and then that was it <laughs> it works it works it works so well right it became the song you know i think i think because it has such a fun story behind it with it being the first song you wrote you know and then with it having such a generic name and then it being something extraordinary like this a it's a really fun insider thing for you guys because you now yeah. always have the story no? yeah and b uh it made it made us trip so Plus, when you listen to the song, I've always imagined myself, like, because of the name, sitting mm-hmm. in, like, a window of an apartment, like, just looking out, and it kind of, like, raining a little bit. And that's, like, the vibe I get from the song. It's I think that was it. Yeah, song. I think, really, that's, that's how it is. Um, well, the, the next, sorry, I'm stealing another no, go on. spot here to squeeze your question in. Uh, so you referred to being like deeply inspired by Dark Side of the Moon and um, mm-hmm. obviously and not probably wanting to tell a message throughout the album and connecting the songs, as you had said, with Vessel and Conversation. They were kind of intros to the following songs. Um, what 
what's the reason for calling the album day now uh that was kind of like a last minute decision um that was the last thing we decided on like the name of the album you you would think it's like the most important thing but it was like the thing that we literally waited to the last minute to decide and uh between the band it's really hard for us to like all decide on something and all think something is really good like we're usually in conflict most of the time creatively it's like half and half or three against one or it's never all four of us and for that um we were getting the artwork done um, by my girlfriend spencer and she drew what the artwork is that sunrise with the river reflecting and from that the name kind of emerged so that was actually supposed to be the um single art for like white flats in winter but it transitioned into something that was on the side and then we saw that image and just from that image the name kind of emerged and i can't remember exactly what happened but um somebody said something similar to day now and then somebody was like oh day now that sounds kind of cool and i was like yeah it sounds cool and then jeff said oh yeah and then trevor and everybody and i was like wow like we're really agreeing on this like this, is, <laughs> this has never happened before this is it now <laughs> this is literally a no we, this has never happened before in the history of the band that we're all agreeing on one thing right now and like nobody's actually like thinking about it, it just makes sense so we said okay this this has to be it and and so it became that day now what does it mean i mean right it means now. anything that you want it me right <laughs> <laughs> i think you're a with, with that with saying that i think you're a an interpreting school child's uh favorite artist by saying yeah, yeah it can be whatever you want just show your teacher this and you know yeah <laughs> she'll let you get away i can't really give you a meaning for it because we don't even know what it means yeah but you know sometimes there's beauty in that i think and especially with the artwork doesn't look like something definitive you know yeah you have you have the red sun in the background and then you know the rest also looks interpretive so why not i think it fits very well yeah agree did you have Sweet. a point <laughs> i have another point so locked and loaded man i have i have I'm, I'm just trying to get my words and i get paid per word you know oh per word. <laughs> I, I should get that uh-huh um I wanted to ask you something, and we have we, you've been on here for a two-hour podcast before, and we've been talking for a while now, and yet we still don't really know why the band is called Cigar Club. We've never actually talked about that. I Cigar Club, yeah. So I want to know why does the band call itself not the Cigar Club or you know a variation of it, but Cigar Club? Cigar Club. Well, Cigar Club actually originated with their. Um, with our original drummer. So I'm the third drummer in the band. Uh, and we started recording music when I joined. But previous um, to that, Cigar Club had two other drummers, Tristan Plum and Simon Rowe. And Simon actually came up with that name. And I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I think, you know, it was kind of similar to the day now experience. Um, 
but we lost him. Close to the and then the rest is history. Oh. Hey, okay, no, I see you're you back. We heard, uh, we heard it's close to the day now experience, and then the rest is history. So yeah, okay, yeah, maybe so, one more time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is history? Um, yeah, so the way that Cigar Club came up was very similar to how Daynell came up, was that they were trying to decide on a name, and Simon said, you know, what about Cigar Club? And everybody kind of agreed to it. Like, oh, that's, you know, that sounds cool. And, uh, and that was it. Like, I, we don't really smoke cigars. Um, to me, the name has kind of evolved over time, though, because I've had a lot of people say they like the name. A lot of people say, oh, like, kind of iffy about it. But also a lot of people into it in a way that it's, like, serious music, like guys in suits, you know, playing, oh, okay. like, classic rock or something, where it's almost like a satirical sense on the name because we're kind of like goofballs and we're playing like heavier tunes in a sense. Um, I don't know. That's the way that I see it. Um, but yeah, it's just it's whatever you want it to be, you know? That's yeah, it, but it's a name that you take seriously when you read it for the first time. For sure. Yeah. And it gives you guys a place to grow if you ever want to, you know, Kind of jump Expand into classic out. raw. Yeah, stand out <laughs> as well, of course. Franchise. Yeah, just start selling cigars. Oh, that, that'd be sick. Put a cigar in with every <laughs> vinyl you ship out. Yeah. We're actually thinking about getting rolling papers, like cigar club rolling papers. Uh, oh, that's a great idea. That is good. Yeah, that, I would buy that. <laughs> so when's the vinyl going to come out? Um, we're hoping in the next few months, that is the plan. Um, we kind of are just saving for it right now. So all the live shows that we're playing, we're, we're putting aside the money to invest. Uh, we're also talking to like a few labels, trying to get some interest uh, with people who want to split with us. Um, so we'll see how that goes, but they're definitely coming out in the next few months. And uh, probably just doing a limited run, I think like 50 to 100 at first. And then um, from there, uh, yeah, see, see how many more we have those print. records in like, in like 20, 30 years. Those are going to be like limited run first record. Yeah, holy shit. That would be so. <laughs> like those vinyls, I, I don't even touch to buy because they're so fucking. People pay five grand. It's ridiculous. You can pay a lot of money for them. Yeah, yeah. You'll get there. 30 years. Keep one of those. Are you ordering two then? Oh, I've ordered two. <laughs> I'll, I'll order two. Okay. Yeah. Put us at the top of the list. Um, but you mentioned um, you mentioned gigs. You mentioned playing. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we actually have been playing a decent amount of shows. Like talking to other local bands that we've been playing with, it seems that we've been playing a lot of shows compared to other indie acts. Um, we played like three festivals for Aurora Palooza, um, Voodoo Rock Fest, uh, this one called Gusset Palooza not too long ago, and uh, we've played in Toronto uh, at the Bovine as well. Um, yeah, we've been playing as much as we can. We have a show 
next one at Velvet Underground in Toronto, which is like a very good yeah. underground bar in Toronto um, with the Jailbirds and Napoleon, so that should be good. And uh, yeah, we're working on a tour for the album. By point, we'll definitely have the finals and we'll be selling other shows as well. Which is awesome. Are you uh, planning on visiting Europe? We do, we are planning, just it's it's going to be a while logistically. It's hard for us right now to oh, get out true. of here. Um, even like touring in the US as a community artist has been very difficult um, in the past year for sure. Um, but that is on our to-do list is to go out there and we just have to kind of grow a little bit more for it to be financially feasible for us to it um, but at one point for sure, we will be i mean awesome. the best would be to get like signed as a support act right with someone else and then... like an opening yeah 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 and that'd be sick then you you play bigger shows too uh, yeah, that's a, that's kind of like our, our plan right now, like with the tour, um, you know, we're, we're doing the tour, we released the album, you know, we, we kind of funded the whole album ourselves. We got some government grants as well to help us out, um, but we're hoping that that whole investment is going to land us some better gigs with uh, larger artists as like a supporting act, so then we can go out and expand in America and also in Europe. Well, Billy Talent is releasing an album in January and touring, so. I saw that, yeah. Who knows? Got to reach out to Ian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. He's a contact of yours, right? So that, <laughs> that'll be great. Mysteriously. I don't think the Wi-Fi liked mentioning Billy Talent. Yeah. I think copyright is striking. Yeah, yeah, sorry. We're going to get some kind of fine. Sorry. Yeah, you guys got cut out instead of Ian. No worries. No, it's all good. We did a nice song. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to see that. You know, uh, both obviously both expanding in in uh, Canada, the states, and all that sort of stuff. But you know, it'd be great to see you guys in Europe. Yeah, that would be sweet. I'd yeah. love to meet you guys in person. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's Bring funny. some beers. I, I had a I was working with an intern for quite a while for like four or five months, but we've been in home office. And then one day we actually met in the office, and he was so much taller than I expected. Like I'm usually <laughs> way taller than everybody, but this guy yeah. was like just as tall as me. So it was such a weird moment. Yeah, you don't you don't really know that when you talk via Zoom. Yeah, I guess that's true. You have no idea how tall people are. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Um, but getting back to, uh, in a second, getting back to um, touring, uh, did you notice any differences uh, between, you know, I, I'd imagine it's been a while. Oh, wow. Our lighting. Okay, there we go. Um, I imagine it's been a while. Did you notice anything, any major differences between, um, you know, yourselves, the audience, the general performance aspect of it all? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, in all aspects, the audiences would be more engaged, for sure and interested in the people that are out at shows seem to be more invested in the music, which is great. So you don't have like just people kind of standing there doing nothing, not engaging with your music. Uh, in terms of our playing, I think our playing has really improved. I think having that break 
really helped us see and and be more grateful for what we're doing and having the chance to, to play music for people. And in terms of like stage presence and everything, I think it's also improved as well because we've been so just on the edge of wanting to play shows for the longest time that when we were able to actually step on a stage, it was like we gave everything that we we had and we have been like every show it's been more and more and more and more and it seems to be getting better uh so it's good it's like everybody is is just really having a good time and we just forgot about that like playing playing music and playing for people and seeing people's reactions the instant gratification that you get from that was something that we were missing for a really long time and and actually almost like broke up the band actually wow from, from not playing shows like it was getting really tense um but as soon as we stepped on the stage it was like okay you know this is wow yeah it's this is what we're doing. yeah well that's resilience. awesome resilience it's important i mean and i watched uh the the one live stream concert i think it was voodoo fest if i'm not mistaken um, okay and that was that was really cool it was dope to see also the crowd interaction it was it was really nice it was like in the middle days <laughs> oh you know i think that was aurora palooza probably oh, i think that was yeah. the one that was live streamed there were so many man it's impressive you guys are on a roll it's actually really awesome it's really awesome to hear that you also did festivals you know because you think yeah, the 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 my my memory of festivals is the sheer amount of people, right? The the body on body, the the immediate immediate connection, you know, and uh, kind of having that back. Yeah, I can see how it'd be amazing. Well, yeah, it's been great with the, the indie festivals because it's actually better than playing the music venues. The music venues are so restrictive, but you can get away with a little bit more at an outdoor festival. Uh, you can have more people and you can have more engagement and it's not as regulated um which has been great like those those shows feel like nothing has changed whereas the indoor shows feel like very strange because it's reduced capacity most of the time people are wearing masks and they don't um, give you the opportunity to move around and and really get close with the band which is what you want. You want people jumping around, you know, having a good time and, and yelling. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Oh God. So no mosh pits. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, no mosh pits. No mosh pits. That's too bad. No stage diving? <laughs> no stage diving. No stage diving. <laughs> hmm. oh. No crowd surfing. That's so But they still let you throw your beer into the crowd. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's hygienic too. I mean, that's yeah. yeah. Well, you're washing, you know, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mostly water. Have fun. Great. So, oh, sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you, but you were grabbing your water. Go for it. Um, so, what's on you guys' attenuary? Attenuary coming up. What's what's the next steps? What's coming up? Well, we have that show, like I was saying, with Bovine. And other than that, we're working on the next album. That's kind of our, our next thing. Um, like on parallel to that, we're working on getting the two started. And we're going to be playing with this band called Black Paint, which they're awesome. Um, I don't know if they have their album up on streaming platforms yet, but really cool guys. Um, yeah, other than that tour, 
We're working on the new songs. We have a list of a lot of new songs. And we're kind of getting to where we're finding this sound now. Um, it's always, I think our music is always going to be pretty uh, diverse in terms of dynamics and, and the genre that it kind of portrays. Like it'll be soft, it'll be heavy, it'll be whatever. Um, but we're finding this mesh of, of all our influences and all our sounds that everything kind of sounds familiar, like a, like a cigar club song, but they're different. Um, and it's, it's really cool to see because we have a lot of songs, more than we've ha we had before we started Day Now and than than we ever have had in our career. So it's really exciting to kind of put all the pieces together right now and, and just jam them out and, and figure out where we're going to record the next thing. <laughs> awesome. When can we expect the next album then? I don't know. I can't give you an answer on that. Honestly, we don't even know how long it's going to take us to kind of put everything together. And in terms of, you know, finding a studio and finding the right engineer and finding all that, right? It's It takes a while. Like for us, when we did Day Now, been to five different studios. We met with like different engineers and we were really just looking for um, like the right type of energy in the studio and that this that the engineers, you know, were kind of vibing with us. Uh, we needed to make sure that we like we could be comfortable in the studio and comfortable with the people we were working with to really like fully express ourselves and and say and do the things we wanted to do um, for the album. So we're like in the process of doing that right now. And I think we do have um, somebody that we're probably going to be working with right now, but it's just not set in stone yet. So I can't really say uh, how long it's going to take us. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I mean, really honestly, honestly, I wasn't expecting this. No, <laughs> a date, but, yeah. I don't know what to say. That's cool. That's really dope. One after the other. But I guess during this time, it's easy to, or not easy, but you have a lot of time in the last year and a half to like just focus on creating new music because you weren't able to oh, do yeah. much else, right? Like touring or shows, it's it's not happening. So you kind of focus yeah, on it. It's really hard to, to write music while you're touring because you're constantly playing and you're trying to practice and you're, and you're driving and uh, you just have a lot going on. So you're always like constantly rehearsing for the next show that you have. And uh, with the pandemic, it, it really gave us time to not do any of that and just focus on creation. And at first it was really hard because we had a really long break where we weren't playing any music and then we came back and we're like holy shit <laughs> we're rusty um but then after a while it's just like ideas and ideas and ideas and ideas and it just now we have this like massive list of voice notes where it's probably going to take us days to go through to really you know pick pick the songs and uh yeah it's been good especially now too like the restrictions are still there we can't really plan anything huge because it's still up in the air if we're going to be able to play shows or even do like a full tour so um yeah it's it's given us a lot of time to to be creative that's awesome i mean that means there's a lot of stuff locked and loaded yeah yeah that's for sure
Well, do you have anything? I don't know. Oh. I mean, uh, there anything, know, yeah, exactly. We always like to put Dude. our guests on the spot and ask if they have anything they want to bring to the table in terms of conversation points or things you want to point out. So the floor is yours if you want to use it. <laughs> sure. Okay. What uh, what are your guys' plans for the future for this podcast? Continuing doing what you're doing? You're trying to expand? Are you trying to, you know, make it more than it is right now? What's, oh, what's that, the plan? That's interesting. He, he, he's turned the table on us. Well, the, the answer <laughs> we always like to give is if we're still doing this in 10 years and we still have the exact same amount of viewership and it's been going for 10 years straight, we'll be super happy with ourselves. <laughs> that, that's about the level of success and bar we set for ourselves. Yeah. However, we are making t-shirts now and uh, hey. we're, we're actually collecting orders. So if anybody wants a t-shirt, uh, gonna just put it out and it's like with the qr code on it so everybody can like free marketing you know word of t-shirt as it may <laughs> i order one of those for sure yeah yeah we just don't have an online website so it's gonna have to be by texting i guess i don't know it's well we'll figure it out we can we can we can we can get a short domain or something that's it i don't know but we're having a blast doing it and yeah. toby's going away soon to japan for a while so we're not going to be able we're to meet japan. So yeah it's a good way to connect and uh keep doing it yeah exactly and you know the format you know is i i really personally really enjoy it because it's so yeah it's fun you know there is no there's no larger agenda it's just have some fun you know talk a bunch meet some people and uh drink some beer yeah so uh continuing it yeah and i like the you know it's kind of our thing yeah and it's been really good so far and like it's Awesome, we get to meet people like you and uh, from all over the place, which isn't technically possible <laughs> physically uh, at this time. So it's dope. Yeah, I hope we get more successful. I'm not opposed to it. We'll figure it out. Put it that way. Have you guys had anybody like reach out from Canada? Uh, not since Besides we had this? the other band on. Well, we've had a few Canadian bands on. Uh, we had Pretox on after you guys, and that was quite oh a, nice, yeah. That was, pretty, that was a pretty funny uh, episode. Like we got pretty drunk. Uh, I gotta we'll check that one out. It's yeah, pretty pre- funny. Funny story, like with Pretox. I don't know if you guys talked about like us as well, but like we like originally started playing shows with Pretox. Like they were the band that we played with when we first started out like it was always us and free talks playing you know our local bars and i think for like a period of like a year we would just play shows with them like every show we played yeah that's that's, that's cool really that cool. Uh, that's sick did an interview with them. yeah yeah no they definitely mentioned you and, and uh i think they also mentioned if i remember correctly <laughs> it's just a lot of alcohol but i think they mentioned that they played shows with you as well well, I think they mentioned the Velvet Underground, I think it was called, right? I think that's where we... Is that right? Is that the name of the place in Toronto? Yeah, Velvet Underground? Yeah. Oh, there's okay. Bovine. Uh, Bovine as well. There's a um, bunch of places. The Horseshoe, there's Palace. There's like, there's so many venues. We don't have a single bar that has a good name. Well... But like, those names are... Names. Well, it's because most of the good <laughs> bars in Maastricht are the Irish pubs, and they have pretty boring names. Yeah, we have the Shamrock. 
Shamrock. And Peters and Mullins. We have Peter. Actually, Zonda, Zonda has a cool name. Sunday. Sunday. Sunday Bar. Yeah, but there's some really shit names in Germany. Like, we have a name. We have a bar called the Nameless Bar. Yeah, but I think that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's just the like, name, was, name is literally translated nameless. That's what it's called. Nameless. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't really like that. And then we have the boot, which is, I guess, kind of cool. It's actually Canadian. <laughs> the boot? The boot day? Yeah. And then we have the lines. I guess that's kind of cool. Well, it's cooler when you when you give it the German pronunciation, which is the Limes, which is like a, an ancient wall they used to defend against the Romans. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. But I'm pretty sure that's it. I don't know. Oh, by Our, the way, uh, for I don't know if you heard about this, but today there is the um, German uh, election for the new chancellor. Oh, really? Essentially, yeah. And like Merkel, she's been in power for the last 16 years. So it's, it's a significant change to German uh, politics. Wow. And in Germany, they set the voting day on a Sunday so everybody can go vote without having to work, you know, it's like official day off. Mm -hmm. So the results should be coming in soon and uh, we'll see what's, what's going on. Actually, Actually while you continue to like, converse with Toby, I will look up the first. Well, they're ruling. <laughs> Pardon? Does it look like it's going to be, there's going to be a difference? Uh, yeah. Leadership? Yeah, yeah, um, it actually does. So uh, you've probably heard of Angela Merkel, um, but she's resigning. So whoever is going, whoever it is going to be, well, it will not be her. So you already have a major kind of like international representation change there. But it's also looking like the major party, which was her party, which is the um, Christian Democratic Union, um, mm -hmm. is going to change. Um, which will kind of bring about, you know, the past 16 years, they were they were in power. And it's looking like there's a chance that they won't be in power, at least not in a major way um, for the next few years, which would also bring it a bit more from like a economically conservative kind of position to, you know, maybe a bit more uh, socialistic. Is that a word? Yes, a bit more social responsibility kind of, um, kind of party system. But Scott's got the results up. So the first poll or... According to current times, um, conservative or the mid like conservative party is twenty four point seven percent. The more like like so they're called the social democrats. That doesn't make sense anymore. They're they're like a bit more chill and like nice. They have twenty four point nine. They're very close. And then we have the greens, which are like the yeah the green party. The green I think party. that's the that's environmental party. Big <laughs> yeah, they have they have. 14.6%. And then we have the libertarians, essentially, 117 Then we have the racists, 11.1%. Uh, and then we have the left, 5%. 5%. 5% left. It means we're going to have another man as a chancellor. Yeah. It's really interesting that your guys' green party is so high up. I know. For us, like, they're always at the bottom. Like, nobody votes for but I know that Germany is a pretty innovative country and uh, engineering is pretty huge there and the environmental shift is really um, Yeah, I don't I don't know how it is in Canada. Yeah. I mean, in Germany we have we have like five strong, fairly strong parties that often do rotate and are part of a coalition to become the government. And hmm. um, the, the Greens are definitely in the top three, like consistently. And they've been around since the nineties, I think. Uh, 
I don't know. In the states, you technically have them, but they get like one vote each. Yeah. Sadly, <laughs> maybe one like congressman or something. I don't know how it is in Canada though. Well, they just had a, a shift in power, right? It was a uh, whoever the Liberal Party was was in power, and then they remained, but they now had to take a partner, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's a, it's a minority um, government now. So liberals are still in power, but they have less of a say. But it's not yeah. really that much less of a say. Yeah. But it just okay. seems. <laughs> yeah. Not that big a deal then. But do you have many parties or just two? Uh, no, there's more than two. There's like liberal, conservative. We have NDP. New Democratic Party, uh, Party, which is the Greens Party, PPC, uh, is that what's PPC? People's Party of Canada, and uh, there's like the Bloc Quebecois, which is the um, Quebec Party, and there's a bunch. I'd say there's over five, um, six, but usually, and it seems to be, it's always liberals and conservatives. That are in charge. You guys hear that beeping? Yeah. 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 I don't know what's going on, but buzzing. Well, I just want to say it took me an hour to find out that you have some. Yeah, you're you're, you're, you're sitting. You're not there alone. It took me so long to. Read. Yeah. Say hi. Hi. Nice to meet you. Oh man. Special guest. We didn't want. We didn't want to interrupt your day. No, it's all good. It's all good. Oh man. Great. Okay, but well, that sounds pretty similar to Germany in that sense. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But the Green Party is way better here for some reason. Well, we had a major national catastrophe not like half a year ago, so yeah, I, I'd, I'd wager that was probably part of it. That of the growing Friday for Future movement. Green Party is important. I think with the beeping in the background, especially, I think, and uh, letting you get back to you. <laughs> to the rest of your day back and back to life this is life this is my day this is your day well yeah. i think i think you have your i think it was your girlfriend right uh sitting next to yes, you yes yeah so i it think it's a pleasure meeting her <laughs> exactly i think i think we're both a bit shocked that we that we're keeping you from her <laughs> all right uh, trevor it was amazing talking to you thank you so much for coming on Great talking to you guys as well. Stay in touch. And uh, one day... We'll let us see. know when the vinyl comes out. Yeah, yeah, 100% we will let you know. Awesome. Soon. Awesome. Well, all right. Enjoy the rest of your day. And say hi to everyone Have else. A great day, guys. And then with I that, will. Cheers. Bye-bye. See ya. See ya.